0: Here we are. It's the end of the year. Yes, it is. Getting ready to start and reboot into that new year. I love this time of year. It's wonderful. And we are going to dive in to the end of the text, the final vision, chapter 31, last chapter. And I'm so grateful, I'm grateful for this year. Let's jump into a prayer. A blessing, like we always do. I place my hand on my heart and take that deep breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful and thankful to consciously attune to the love, the peace, the joy, the harmony, the freedom, the clarity. So grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher. Holy Spirit Self to remember and recognize our true identity, perfect love, happening right where we are. So grateful and thankful to lay on the holy altar fire of divine love any sense of worry, doubt, or fear, any concerns whatsoever. We open ourselves to a gentle healing, a new vision, holiness, This is the purpose of our gathering together to remember the truth that sets us free. So grateful that the Holy Spirit is here with us, guiding us, leading us. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we're one with them. In deep, deep gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mhm indeed <laughs> I'm going to start by sharing being transparent I'm up in Maine uh our family has a house on uh, Deer Isle Maine and uh we love it here and I haven't had christmas here since the last christmas with my mom which was 10 years ago, 2007. And one of the things I'm so grateful for is that I don't feel any sadness. I don't feel sad that my mother's not here. And uh, my father remarried a few years ago, and he is with his new wife. And um, I don't feel sad that he's not here. I feel just grateful for what we have, which is my brother and his wife and their four children. And so the seven of us are together. And this year, um, my brother's dog, Dixie, passed away. She, she always made me laugh a lot. And so uh, this is the first time we've been here in, I don't know, 27 years, no dog. My father's dog, Max, passed away a few years ago. And this is the first time in a long time. That we've been here without a dog, and I, I notice that, but I don't feel sad. And I know that my peace, my sense of harmony, my sense of equilibrium and joy and gratitude, is because of my practice, my spiritual practice. And as you know, my spiritual practice is the teachings of a Course of Miracles, and I endeavor every day to live them more fully and more completely. And that commitment, that willingness has so transformed my life. Uh, Twice in the last few days, I got into a conversation once with my brother, once with my sister-in-law, where there was a bit of difficulty. My brother got annoyed by some choice that I made. And... um, my sister-in-law felt a bit threatened by um, something. She's Catholic, and she was telling me that she doesn't believe that Jesus performed all those miracles, that that's hyperbole. That, um, And it's interesting. I, I do believe he performed all those miracles. Uh, I'm quite certain of it. He was an absolute avatar. And uh, so... It, it just felt a little threatening to her that we had this difference, that she's a Catholic. She goes to church every Sunday, uh, has raised her children in the Catholic Church. We went to Catholic Mass on Christmas Eve. And um, yet, I, I believe what's in the Bible as regards to uh, Jesus is performing miracles and she doesn't. And I'm, I'm totally cool. I don't need anyone to believe what I believe or even what I know and that's one of the the things i've i learned a long time ago that many people will say this is what i believe and i've come to know what i know and there's a difference between believing and knowing and if you've listened to a lot of episodes of this broadcast, then you know that one of the things that A Course of Miracles teaches is to abandon our beliefs and recognize that the truth is true and will always be true. It transcends time and space, and it's not a belief. And when we align with the truth, we are seeking the kingdom first, and everything is being added unto us. Which is really the same as saying the truth will set us free. So when we seek the truth in our heart, then everything is added unto us. And one of the things I learned, my father helped me learn, was that uh, while everyone is a teacher to me, I am not a teacher to everyone uh in a formal way. So those, obviously I teach many classes and I really think of it as sharing, sharing what I know and sharing what I've learned, sharing my perceptions as well. And I usually, when there's a perception, I call it out. I say, well, this is my perception. Sometimes people will say, well, what do you believe about this? What do you think about this? And so when I know something, I'll say that I know it depending on who I'm talking with. Because if I tell, for instance, my brother or my sister-in-law certain things that I know, they would take that as a threat. And I don't wish to be threatening them or teaching them through any method, but by sharing the love. Because love is the teacher, not me. Love is the teacher in our family, not me. I'm a professional teacher But love is my teacher. Love is our teacher. And I've learned time and time again that if I don't need to be right, if I let love win, a lot of times I'm going to keep my mouth shut. A lot of times, every time, I'm going to not defend myself. Every time, I will not be attacking. When I let love be right. Love as me gets to be right. And I've learned how good it feels to let love be right as me. Let love be right in my mind. I had a conversation with my brother the other day where he was upset by a choice I made. And he kept saying, you know, you need to... He said, well, what you did, you, you upset me. You upset me when you did that. Now, I know we're never upset for the reason we think. And I know that the only thing that ever upsets me is when I'm thinking attack thoughts. When I'm thinking thoughts that aren't true. When I believe something that's not true, then I feel upset. And if I put a lot of energy into thinking I'm right about what I believe, then I'm really going to get upset. And so this is what was happening. I knew that I had not upset my brother. His interpretation of my choice was that he was feeling attacked. But I had no intention of attacking. And in the past, years ago, without the discipline of A Course of Miracles, and just being loving, I would have needed to be right. I would have needed to defend myself which would have created a whole thing. A whole thing. But I decided to really put love in charge. This is what I've learned to do that works really well. And I actually repeated it a couple of times. So I, I upset you. Yes, you upset me. And I didn't need to say anything more, but just repeat back to him. I get that that you feel upset by the choice I made. I get that. I really understand that. And just let it be. No defense. Not make him wrong. Not teach him anything. Just understand how he feels in that moment. And he began to relax. I said, I really get it. I really understand that you interpreted it this way, and that's really upsetting to you. Yes, yes it is. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry about that. I don't have to take responsibility for it. And I don't have to push back against it. That is so sweet. That is such a beautiful learning. And that's the topic today. We're, we're looking at the final vision, Section 1. It's Chapter 31, Section 1. The simplicity of salvation. You see, salvation comes through our relationships being transformed from special to holy. I don't know how to transform my relationship with my brother, my sister-in-law, any person on this planet from special to holy but the Holy Spirit does and I'm willing to let love teach me how to participate in the holiness how simple is salvation the chapter begins how simple is salvation exclamation point Jesus like dude how simple is salvation We think it's so complicated because we're identified with the ego that has created this very complex web in order to convince us of separation, right? But salvation, the undoing of that complex web is simple. How simple is salvation? All it says is what never was true is not true now. All it says is what was never true is not true now. And never will be. That's how simple salvation is. If we're willing to keep entertaining that thought that this world is an illusory world for us to wake up in. Don't make it real. And don't discount it either. So that's where some Course in Miracles people go down a trajectory that I I feel is not helpful at least it wouldn't be helpful for me, is to go around saying, well, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. Uh, And so, therefore, you know, my mother's death, not real. What I know is that the things that happen in the illusion stay in the illusion, like Las Vegas. What happens here stays here. So, the energy of it, the... um, the meaning we make of it, our interpretations, its those things are not eternal. We do not take them with us. Once we transcend the wheel of samsara, the, the karmic repeating, and so if we can stand back and say, what is this really for? I just love Lesson 25. I don't know what anything is for. So why pretend that I do? Why decide that I can know who's right and who's wrong, what's right and what's wrong, when I do not know what anything is for as long as I think this world is real? So then it goes on to say, the impossible has not occurred and can have no effects. And that is all. See, if we're willing to say, okay, in this world, people rape children, they murder each other, they torture each other, and there is a holy purpose to it, we're learning, remembering, and we are transcending time and space. And we can do it more rapidly and more rapidly and lead the way and support all our brothers and sisters in doing the same. But if we keep thinking, this is bad, this is wrong, this is terrible, we're trapped in this world, we're not fulfilling our function of forgiveness, transformation, transcendence. So I'm going to back up here a little bit. How simple is salvation? All it says is, what was never true is not true now and never will be. The impossible has not occurred, and can have no effects, and that is all. Can this be hard to learn by anyone who wants it to be true? Only a willingness to learn it could make such an easy lesson difficult. How hard is it to see that what is false cannot be true? and what is true cannot be false. You can no longer say that you perceive no differences in false and true. You have been told exactly how to tell one from the other and just what to do if you become confused. Why then do you persist in learning not such simple things? (laughs) So, one of the things Oh, you know, I'm just going to read on here. There is a reason, but confuse it not with difficulty in the simple things salvation asks you learn. It teaches but the very obvious. It merely goes from one apparent lesson to the next in easy steps that lead you gently from one to another with no strain at all. This cannot be confusing, yet you are confused. For somehow you believed That what is totally confused is easier to learn and understand. What you have taught yourself is such a giant learning feat. It is indeed incredible. But you accomplished it because you wanted to and did not pause in diligence to judge it hard to learn or too complex to grasp. So what he's telling us here is we learned this idea of separation. We taught it to ourselves. We, the tiny mad idea entered into our awareness, we forgot to laugh. The tiny mad idea is, what if there's better and worse? What if there's separation instead of unity? What if this one's better than that one and this one's worse than that one? What if I'm better? What if I'm worse? Hmm, let's look at the world through that lens. We forgot to laugh. Instead, we began to construct a whole belief system out of it. Now, the thing is, is why would we do that? It's an experiment. It really is. I think of it as a divine experiment in separation. How far down the rabbit hole can we go? And we went so far as to have world war, uh, torturing, uh, just... You know, all kinds of insanity. And yet, we're on the way back. So, it's we went out as far as we could go, and now we're coming back. You know, one of the things that I enjoy so much about this world, now that I have more awareness, is I can see how the Holy Spirit's teaching us through everything. Through every single thing. Everything. And one of the wonderful inventions that we now have for global learning is movies. Movies. And just thinking about some of the movies that teaches so well, like the Christmas movies that we see at this time of year. My favorite story of, my two favorite stories of all time, Uh, one came from Dickens, one came from Shakespeare, Uh, A Christmas Carol, the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, and then Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare. Such beautiful stories of feeling separate, and coming back to your right mind, one through uh, the spiritual awakening that Scrooge has and one through suffering that uh, the Montagues and Capulets have in Romeo and Juliet through the loss of their children who take their own lives rather than continue in that sense of separation So what, what we're being told here in this section is that we have the ability to learn. And we have taught ourselves that we are so separate. Now we can let the Holy Spirit be our teacher. It, it goes on to say, No one who understands what you've learned, how carefully you learned it, and the pains to which you went to practice and repeat the lessons endlessly in every form you could conceive of them, could ever doubt the power of your learning skill. There is no greater power in the world. The world was made by it, and even now depends on nothing else. So the world of illusion... Made by our learning skill, the power of our learning skill. See now, I'm just going to read on, it's so perfect. The lessons you've taught yourself have been so overlearned and fixed, they rise like heavy curtains to obscure the simple and the obvious. Say not, you cannot learn them. For your power to learn is strong enough to teach you that your will is not your own. Your thoughts do not belong to you. And even you are someone else. That's how powerful our learning ability is. That we can convince ourselves of total opposite of the truth. Because, I don't know. A lot of us, when we get older especially, it's so ingrained in us that it seems so hard to heal the body. It seems so hard to heal the mind. It seems so hard to heal the relationships. It seems so hard to recover financially. It seems that everything is locked in into the negative, into the separation, into the lack, into the limitation. It seems so firm and set. But it's not. It's not. And the Holy Spirit will provide us with these experiences in order to teach us. I remember during the time my mom was sick, sitting in this house, maybe even in this very chair I'm in now, and having an experience of making the choice to open my mind to the vastness of Spirit. And immediately and I had this real spiritual experience. Suddenly everything became like jello. The floor, the walls, the chair, everything was now soft like jello. It it was very bizarre. But I, I realized that in that moment my mind was really beginning to accept the illusory nature of this world. And one of the things that really helped me to move into that space was my mother's slow, painful death from illness. It helped me to to push to open my mind, to transcend the limitations of my mind, the fixedness in my mind. The lessons you have taught yourself have been so overlearned and fixed, they rise like heavy curtains to obscure the simple and the obvious. So, the simple and the obvious is that we're one. There is no separation. The simple and the obvious is that this is an illusion. And it can be heaven or hell, depending on our choice, depending on our perspective, our point of view. Who's in charge of our perspective? We are. So he's saying here, you have the ability to learn to such a degree that you can convince yourself of anything and believe it's true and then manifest it and experience it as though it were true. That's how powerful your mind is. So He's not saying this exactly, but in a sense it's like, don't tell me it's hard to learn. You've learned something completely and totally opposite of the truth, so completely false, and yet you're convinced of it. That's far harder than to remember the truth that sets us free. Yeah. So clear so clear well it's about time for me to take a break and just before i do that i would like to let you know that i have my new year's reboot class it's a bonus class for everyone in masterful living and it's coming up january 1st monday january 1st and uh, i'm doing i do this class every year i've been doing it Uh, Since 2009 I think and I love it. Love it. It's a bonus for everyone in Masterful Living. It's how we kick off the new year and uh, this year I'm going epic. So this year we're doing it on video and uh, So you can join me on video live. Of course you can get the download and all of that and uh, We're going to have breakout groups. Uh, It's going to be a three-hour class. We'll have an intermission. I'm going to have handouts for you to to work in the class. uh, Because Holy Spirit really has made it so clear to me that 2018 is the year of getting it done. Real transformation. Huge leap in consciousness is taking place in 2018. And if you're listening to me, I would say you're a part of that. And you know it. You're part of the global thought transformation that's taking place. And so we're going to kick off the year and get a lot of clarity. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm excited about it. I've never done anything like this. It's a, what I what I like to call a divine experiment. <laughs> Experiments in consciousness. We're like the Star Trek Enterprise going where nobody... And spirit has gone before we went so far into the separation now we're into the liberation and uh, if you haven't heard about my year-long Masterful Living course uh, that begins with this bonus class and I have to say 2017 has been the best year ever in Masterful Living and 2018 I know is going to just be off the hook because this is the year we're really making uh, the commitment to the transformation. And Spirit has given us so many tools to support us. And I'm getting more all the time. Wow, I feel so much opening up for us. So Masterful Living is my year-long course. Registration closes on January 11th. January 11th. So jump in now. We can send you the materials and We start on January 1st. And I know a lot of people are celebrating that holiday January 1st or traveling that day. So if you can't join me live, you'll get the replay. And believe me, you'll have a lot of good stuff with that replay. And you can watch the replay on video. You can also get the replay on audio. And of course, all the handouts. Yeah. And we'll be having follow-up. Lots of follow-up. So... This is the breakthrough year. It's coming. (laughs) Hold on to nothing. Hold on to nothing. Instead of hold on to your hats, hold on to nothing. Yeah, we're letting it go. We're going to let love transform our life this year. Hmm. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love. We're walking the talk. We're healing our mind. We're opening our heart and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. (laughs) Yes, and we are looking at the last chapter of the text. Chapter 31, it's the final vision. We're looking at Section 1, the simplicity of salvation. And we're looking at what Jesus tells us is this great power in this world. And it's our learning skill. There is no greater power in the world So that's an important distinction in the illusory world. Our power of our learning skill. There's no greater power in the world. Now, the only true power there is, is love. Love is our true identity. Love is our true nature. Love is God's nature. God's identity is love. And the power of love heals and transforms all. The power of our learning skill is what created this world of this hellish sense of separation. So what Jesus is telling us here in this final vision is that we can say it's too hard to learn or it's too hard to unlearn what we have taught ourselves about separation. But he's saying, learning separation, learning separation, To believe that you're something that you're not is far more difficult than remembering who you are. So that's why throughout the course, he says we can learn through pain or we can learn through joy. Learning through joy is faster, it's easier, and of course it's a lot more fun. And the decision is ours. So this is why the last couple of weeks uh, we were talking about the rules for decision. And the rules for decision, in order to have a happy, joyful life and be the happy, joyful learner, we must put the Holy Spirit in charge of making the decisions. And every time that we've made a decision that leads to our unhappiness, it's because we're choosing to believe something that's not true. The truth sets us free. So, going back to where we were here Paragraph 4 of chapter 31, section 1, talking about the lessons that we've taught ourselves that were so difficult to learn, the lessons of believing in separation, believing in better than and less than. He says, who could maintain that lessons such as these are easy, yet you have learned more than this? You have continued taking every step, however difficult, without complaint, until a world was built that suited you. And every lesson that makes up the world arises from the first accomplishment of learning, an enormity so great the Holy Spirit's voice seemed small and still before its magnitude. So talking about here that the still small voice of god it's still it seems still and small because the magnitude of our learning about separation what we've taught ourselves because remember there's only one so if we want to blame someone else for teaching us we're not good enough there's something wrong with us we've forgotten that there's only one and I'll say here one of the most helpful and healing remembrances or awarenesses that I've had in the last 20 years is that the things that I seemed to learn when I was a child, like there's something wrong with me, I don't believe anymore that I learned that from my parents or my family, or from life, or from my experience in this lifetime. I believe that that was a belief that I had from a previous incarnation, where I made the decision that there's something wrong with me. I made that decision based on my interpretation of my experiences. That decision, ah, there must be something wrong with me, that became my belief system. And I made a decision with the Holy Spirit that in this lifetime I was going to undo that false learning, that decision, that belief. And so the highest and best for me would be that my experiences in this lifetime would trigger that memory of that belief that there's something wrong with me. And so my parents were perfect to help me remember that I had this belief that I chose to heal in this lifetime by saying things like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Making me think, yeah, what is it that's wrong with me? Clearly, something is wrong with me. Does anybody know what it is? Does anybody know how to heal it? Does anybody know, what that Chicago song really know what time it is. (laughs) Does anybody really care? So they helped me. I used to think, oh, they hurt me. Uh, Now I see no, no, no. They triggered the belief in me so strongly. And I had such a strong commitment to turn it over, to get it out of my belief system, that it had to come up really intensely for me. And it did. And it ruled my life and my mind for 40 some years before I finally said, I'm giving this to the Holy Spirit. I don't know how to heal this, clearly. I'm going to stop trying. Because trying to heal it just made it more real. But I realized that I could give it to Spirit. And Spirit could heal it. And I once I did that, then Spirit began to show me that if I was willing to believe that there's nothing wrong with anyone, I would come to see that there was nothing wrong with me. And that's what transpired. Spirit led me through that still, small voice. Yeah. So it says here that we learned... And we built a world that suited us. And he says, and we're in paragraph four, sentence four. And every lesson it makes of the world arises from that first accomplishment of learning. An enormity is so great that the Holy Spirit's voice seems small and still before its magnitude. The world began with one strange lesson powerful enough to render God forgotten and his son an alien to himself, in exile from the home where God himself established him. You, who have taught yourself the Son of God is guilty, say not that you cannot learn the simple things salvation teaches you. So he's just pointing out, as he does many times in the course, you have learned something That is so crazy, so diabolical, so insane, so pervasive. You've built this whole construct around it. What do you mean you can't learn? What do you mean it's too late? It's too hard. What you have done is so difficult. And yet you were so committed to doing it, you accomplished it. In a sense, there's like, whoa, bravo. Bravo, look at what we've done. (laughs) We've, We've created a hell of our own making. But the great news is is we can undo it at record speed, at unbelievable speed. I mean, what I had taught myself by the time I was in my early 40s, I have been able to undo by giving it to the Holy Spirit and not figuring out how, learning to allow. I've been able to undo so much of it that now I am at peace most of the time that's miraculous. So this is the thing, <laughs> and I'm going to jump down a little bit here, let's see, two. paragraph seven. The lessons to be learned are only two. Each has its outcome in a different world, and each world follows surely from its source. So there's the real world, and then there's this world. The certain outcome of the lesson that God's son is guilty is the world you see. Okay, believing that we're guilty, that we're guilty of having left God, that we're guilty of having uh, abandoned God, that we're guilty of having believed that God abandoned us when really we're the ones that created this construct of separation and of course we're part of god so god in us in our mind uh, gave us the power to create the illusion uh-huh. aha <laughs> it is a world of terror and despair nor is the hope of happiness in it so if we're looking to find happiness in the world there's no hope for that very temporary happiness is the best we can ever find in this world. There is no plan for safety you can make that will ever succeed. Right? So people plan their whole lives for their entire retirement, their financial security, and then, boom, something happens. Let's not put our happiness and our safety in the world. There is no joy that you can seek for here and hope to find. Oh, I'm gonna (laughs) say that one again. There is no joy that you can seek for here and hope to find. Yet this is not the only outcome which your learning can produce. However much you may have overlearned your chosen task, Right? The chosen task to learn about separation. The lesson that reflects the love of God is stronger still. See, that's it. No matter how depraved, depressed, terrorized, hopeless we feel, God can undo that so fast if we're willing. God is stronger still. And you will learn God's Son is innocent and see another world. You will. Another world. You will. We will. That's where we're headed. There's no doubt about it. The outcome of the lesson that God's Son is guiltless in a world in which there is no fear and everything is lit with hope and sparkles with a gentle friendliness. So this is where we are headed. Paragraph 9. There is no living thing that does not share the universal will that it be whole, and that you do not leave its call unheard. So, all of life shares the universal will that it will be whole, and that call to wholeness is always being heard by us. Without your answer, it is left to die as it is saved from death when you have heard its calling as the ancient call to life and understood that it is but your own. So we have to answer that call to wholeness and unity. How do we answer it? By willingness. The willingness to recognize the unity of all life. That's our answer to the call that is in all life. The Christ in you remembers God with all the certainty with which he knows his love. The Christ in you, in me, remembers God with all the certainty with which God knows God's love. But only if his son is innocent can he be love. So we have to be willing to accept that we're innocent. And we're not guilty, and no one is guilty. And if you just think of anyone in this world that you enjoy labeling guilty, they're guilty, like I started with my brother. He was saying, you're guilty of having upset me. And I was able, in that conversation, to just say, "You, you. what I'm hearing you say is that I've upset you what I did upset you. Yes, he said, yes. He's trying to make me feel guilty for having upset him. But I was willing in that moment to know that I did not upset him. His belief, his interpretation, was what upset him. His choosing to think, attack thoughts about me was what was upsetting him. His moving from love to fear was what upset him. Why does it upset him? Because unknowingly, it upsets him because he is choosing his own pain and suffering. When we choose our own pain and suffering, whether we consciously recognize it or not, that upsets us. I call it the divine alarm clock going off. The upset is the indicator that we're believing something that's not true. My brother was believing something that wasn't true. Why argue with him about it? About whether it's true or not? Why? The only thing that can really help him is for me to know in my mind that it's not true and to extend love. Because we share the same mind, if I don't believe it's true, it diminishes his ability to hold on to it. Catch that. It's really valuable if I hold in my mind that it's not true what is true is I am perfect love and so is he that we are both guiltless there's no sin nothing real has occurred if I can hold that in that moment I won't feel threatened I will be able to extend love a healing can happen which is exactly what did happen I don't have to talk about it with him because then I'm talking with his ego and arguing with his ego who need, that needs to be right every time. So instead of arguing about who's right and who's wrong, which is pointless and just brings more pain and suffering, I can relax. Let the Holy Spirit work in our minds. Call the angels to fill the room with love and light. Call the Holy Spirit so that the still, small voice can be heard above the cacophony of the ego. That's what transpired. And now, that moment of upset is forgotten. It had no impact. It was dissolved. Fifteen years ago, that would it could have ruined our Christmas. For days, I would have held on to it, and so would my brother. For months, for years... Now it's dissolved, like that, so fast. This is the power of love in our heart, in our mind. So we have to recognize that we're innocent. If you believe anyone is guilty and should be punished, you will believe that you should too, and you will punish yourself. It's that simple. Salvation. Is simple, right? That was the first sentence in this section, in this chapter. How simple is salvation? Yes. So beautiful. So beautiful for us to realize that the power to learn is the strongest power there is for us to employ in this world and all we have to do is say Holy Spirit teach me I'm willing to learn we don't have to figure out what to learn when to learn how to learn no instead of figuring out how we allow we allow the Holy Spirit to be our consistent teacher and that is going to happen when we decide to be consistent so this to me is the thing for us in this new year coming you value, consistency, dedication, devotion. Indeed. It's that which is so transformative. You know, in um, my Masterful Living course, my year-long course, one of the aspects of it is uh, I make time available three times a year to talk one on one with anyone in the class who would like to do that and of course we talk in class all the time we have class uh, many most weeks of the year and uh, we have support circles and community calls and we have now we have uh, a series of counseling sessions I call activation and acceleration and accountability and we are really going for it this year and what i've seen over the last 8 years is it 8 years 9 years of masterful living so far is that the people who are truly willing they have the most amazing miraculous experiences from physical healing emotional healing mental healing family healing relationship healing career healing financial healing it's extraordinary it's absolutely extraordinary and people are so convinced that things can't happen for them that the limitation is real and if they're willing to practice these teachings week by week a little bit, just a few minutes a day of changing their mind over the course of the year it's a huge difference. I, one of the things that I find very comforting is this idea of shifting trajectory. And I, I have found this teaching to be so helpful. I'm so glad Holy Spirit has shared it with me. So, Because I used to feel like this is impossible. I'll never do it. I used to feel like I was literally trying to run in peanut butter or something like that. The intensity of the density of this world, the world of form, the low vibrational experience of it felt so dense to me. I felt like I was pushing density all day, every day. And it was so hard to get anything accomplished, you know, two steps forward, one and three quarters back like that. Just... Year after year after year after year. But when I realized this daily practice of willingness, this daily practice of opening my mind to the Holy Spirit, this daily practice of extending love, and not thinking that my spiritual practice was, you know, an hour in the morning or a half hour in the morning and at night, but instead recognizing my spiritual practice is all day long and being willing to be willing all day long has transformed not just my life, but hundreds of people who have taken masterful living. I'm not even sure how many, actually. So, I know this is why I was drawn to A Course of Miracles, because I was already in this practice of being willing to recognize the divine alarm clock going off that I'm thinking something that's not true. So what I know for everyone this year is our transformation is at hand. Instead of thinking, how's it ever going to happen? Why is it so hard? I am willing to experience it now. This now, the eternal now. And if you'd like to kick it off with me, my New Year's Reboot class on January 1st. Registration is open. Registration for Masterful Living is open. And registration closes on January 11th. So this is my year-long course. Registration has uh, been open since early November. And it closes January 11th. And uh, my New Year's Reboot class, you can sign up for it um, on your own or you can get it as a bonus when you register for a masterful living oh and i know it's late notice but my new year's reboot retreat we still have some slots left if you'd like to join me december 28th to january 1st we are going to blow the doors off our year this year and i can't wait for this retreat yes <laughs> yes Come join me at Unity Village if you're so inclined. Our retreats are so healing. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude, hand on our heart. So grateful. So grateful for the Holy Spirit's pure voice, always leading us, always available to us. So grateful that we can change our mind and allow the healing to happen. In gratitude, we let it be and we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mm -hmm. I love you. Have a great rest of the year.